With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, hello everyone. Thursday night, AFL Teams night. It's uh, the last home and away round of 2022. And it all starts uh, tomorrow night, Brisbane against Melbourne. We've got the teams, we've got the ins and outs. We'll focus on the Eagles and the Dockers. Will the Eagles and how will they go? Is Nick Nat playing? Is Andrew Gaff playing? What are the Dockers going to do in uh, relation to their match against GWS? Uh, at Marnica Oval, a game they need to win and maybe a couple of other results going their way and will they steal the top four spot? There's so much to discuss and also there's a few issues bubbling around as well. And Haggers, as he normally does, does his research uh, while he, I give him off Tuesdays and Wednesdays and he comes to the studio on Thursday with a couple of hot stories as well. Haggers, good afternoon Yes, good day to you, Peter. And as you've touched on there, the, the weekend itself, the matches... Uh, even, I'm starting off with the sort of uh, very much the reserve grade, North Melbourne versus Gold Coast. <laughs> but even with North Melbourne, in my notes today, I was jotting in, I think, well, North could win that maybe. Now you see their team. So Hall out, Archer, Stevenson, Zeeble, Curtis, Anderson, Jeez, all injured. That's so a, there's it, some names out there. Start, yeah, you start to have a second thought about that one. But it is a, it's a round of fixtures where I think it'll be... A bit awkward to be confident, to be really confident of your tipping for this weekend for round 23. I reckon there's at least six engagements, Pete, with finals make-up sort of subsequent to it all uh, and an outcome. So six matches, I reckon, which will have a say in somewhat somewhere to do in the final make-up of the top eight. And as you've already touched on, the the one tomorrow night, it's, it's just a classic. It is a... Almost a preliminary final type of uh, look about it. Brisbane at home, at the Gabba. Brisbane, they've won 35 of their last 37 at the Gabba in home and aways. And yet they, Melbourne and Brisbane, play for a confirmation in the top four. The loser can finish as low as six. Mm. So we, without going through the, all, the, all the matches as yet, as we will do as we talk about it. But then, of course, Fremantle's big game, that is just... It's become such a, a a critical match to them, and we've talked almost weekly now for the last three or four weeks how critical it is for Fremantle to win to stay in the race for the top four. But even if they do win, they're no guarantee to finish top four. If they win and other results go the way that you know I suspect they will, and looking at them, of course there can be upsets, there can be uh, unexpected developments, and and that often happens in the like rounds of like twenty two, twenty three, mm. same as we say in round one every year. Okay. But I, I I think Fremantle can win. It's not going to be a simple task because of the players that are missing from Fremantle's forward line. They're so critical to how Fremantle can play at their best. So when Lobs there and Taberners there and their targets, they can play quick and long. Whether they have great games or not, those two boys, they're so, so flaky, aren't they? But them not playing, Nathan Fife back in yes. is a huge, together a huge with, development. Yeah, together with Lloyd Meek, they're back in. And I reckon Lloyd Meek, Lloyd Meek is there. And we've been saying it for a couple of weeks, several weeks now, Peter. Lloyd Meek in there to do ruck work from the bench. 
when Darcy might go forward off the ball or even Darcy to the bench to freshen up. I think Lloyd Meek is there because they have no Rory Lobb now. And I reckon they're going to have to avoid using Griffin Logue as that backup ruckman, even though he's done it too badly. I don't think you can be too critical of him. But I think they have to use Griffin Logue as a key forward to stay there. And he's even got a bit of an injury niggle. He's got a groin problem, Peter, and he's had to get through the week. He's had a light week. He's gotten on the plane this morning. So Griffin Logue to play uh, as a key forward, probably high forward. I reckon high, he'd play more the, that Tabiner role to get up the ground a bit. But I'm convinced Nathan Fife will play pretty much, well, I reckon probably the whole game just about, as full forward to get through this game, to give them that long target that they can play. And then they're playing with what's their preferred systems and structures because I don't reckon another move that you could have considered with no lob, no Tabiner, Fife coming back. If you wanted to use Logue as that pinch-hitting Ruckman as well, you could have thrown Brennan Cox forward. Mm. And I don't reckon they want to break that back six or back seven, really, but particularly their preferred back six at all Cox to stay in defence. Okay, let's go to the open line. You can join us any time on the temperate bedshed text line. A lot of people do, 0487. 736 736 in the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Roy has rung that line. Roy, how are you going? G'day, Pete. G'day, Hags. How are we, guys? Good, thanks, Roy. Fire away. Uh, just, uh, just a couple of questions. Um, speaking uh, on footy classifieds last night, Caroline Wilson mentioned that there's going to be four field umpires. Just wanted to get your views on that for next year. Um, and um, out of the out of the teams that are finished about tenth to about eighteenth, who do you reckon next year is going to come up and go? Hey, we're an actual we're actual contenders next year. Mm. Okay, Roy, we'll have a look at that. Thanks for the call. Just, just let me query with you, Roy. Oh, yeah. So of that bottom eight, you're saying, say from tenth down to eighteenth, so eight or yeah. nine. Can I, when you say contend, you mean can come up and actually contend for the flag or? Um, I, I, I more think um, they can get into about maybe the five to eight. Okay, okay. So it's not. Shape, shape the team. Yeah. The Thanks a lot. M- m- my interpretation when Essendon you're talking about. Cont- oh, absolutely. <laughs> because let, let's also break a few bits and pieces here, Peter, right now, also relating to that. I'm I, absolutely convinced that Alistair Clarkson's going to coach Essendon. You're convinced? Absolutely convinced. He was saying today, because they, again, TV crews got him, that he's embarrassed by all the speculation around him, whether it's been North Melbourne or Essendon. So you're totally convinced you'll coach Essendon? Absolutely convinced. It is a matter of now just that that the revised board, they had to get rid of the president, Rasha. He was so supportive of Ben Rutten. Mm. Ben Rutten had to go. The players, the, the review was scathing from players on Ben Rutten, had to go. Uh, not enjoying working with him, not feeling, you know, getting tactically outstripped game after game, had to go. That's taken place. The board was a bit divided on how they should handle it. It was going to look pretty ugly. The deciding vote seemed to have come from Kevin Sheedy. Once that was laid down, Clarkson was ready to pounce, or they were ready to pounce on Clarkson, say, right, we're making the moves, we're clearing the decks, this is now available to you. I'm convinced if it's not announced tomorrow, it's early next week that Alistair Clarkson coaches Essendon, even to the extent where players on the market are sitting back waiting to see where Alistair Clarkson goes, that then they will endeavour to go there with him. Mm-hmm. Cameron Zerha, we've monitored and followed that closely. Cameron Zerha was going to stay at North Melbourne if Alistair Clarkson was going to go to North Melbourne. 
he now want, is preparing to want to go to Essendon, ask for a trade to Essendon because he wants to go with Clarkson. So Alistair Clarkson is actually moving, as I understand it, with his management, jockeying to set himself up to take Essendon. Tim Taranto, who's been talking to Essendon, another one who wants to bolt to Essendon now because the, the feeling is very much through those inner circles, Peter, that Alistair Clarkson will coach. So you are convinced. Will co- I'm convinced. Now, um, we're a long way from it. Exactly. And, and, I reckon... and things do change. But at this stage, as you sit here on a Thursday afternoon, you're convinced. Well, let me throw out something else that supports my beliefs. And we've been hot on this one for a long time relating to uh, Blake Akers. Yeah. Blake Akers will move. He will leave Fremantle. His Fremantle offer has to be rejected. It is, it is so unacceptable. He's been waiting for a handful of weeks now to see where Alistair Clarkson went as well. He was ready to take a, a three- to four-year deal at North Melbourne, and now that's not going to take place because he is of the understanding that Alistair Clarkson is now not going to North Melbourne. So even a Blake Akers and his management are aware of what's going on or what, what seems to be going on with Alistair Clarkson jockeying to get into Essendon. Blake Akers now looks more likely to take a deal elsewhere. There's several deals on offer, three and some of four years for, for Blake Akers to leave Fremantle, and he could well be going to Carlton now. They've jumped into the front of the race for Blake Akers because, but because Alistair Clarkson's taking other players to Essendon with him if he can pull mm. all these deals off. The so big, the big, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. Is. And the other one too, before we forget, because sometimes I'm driving home thinking, ah, oh, I forgot. We didn't throw up that Griffin Logue is also now almost absolutely certain to leave Fremantle because of the deals he's getting offered out of Melbourne, Melbourne town, not Melbourne team, but the Melbourne town in, in Victoria uh, is, is chasing Griffin Lowe because of the seasons he's had and also uh, the versatility that he's showing. He, he's on the market and looking very likely to leave. Again, his offer from Fremantle is, is not enough for him to accept a big drop in pay and time of the deal is a big thing relating to Griffin Logan and Blake Akers to leave Fremantle. Okay. And we already know that Rory Lobb is leaving. Interesting. Okay. Uh, just on the text here, I heard Lisa from Ellenbrook talking to Scotty and Goss this morning, Haggers, and she told them the only reason she listens to SENWA is because of Kim Hagdorn. There you go. There's Lisa. There's your supporter. Uh, the other thing that I... Hope I, I hope Lisa's wonderful, but uh, I hope there are a few more. <laughs> Haggers, the offer from Fremantle for Acres is unacceptable. He looks more likely to take a deal elsewhere. That's, of course, uh, what Haggers has mentioned here. It's just flicking around the uh, SMSs at the moment, the text line, the temperate bedshed text line. We'll come to that in a moment. 0487 736 736. We've got some more calls coming through. Haggers, let's talk talk about the umpires. Now, when we were first investing our support and passion for the great game of Aussie rules football, and it was the days of Ray Montgomery and Ross Capes, Mike uh, Ball, Mike Ball, there was one umpire. Yeah. And next year we could see four. Now it was brought up on footy classified uh, last night. Caroline Wilson, the age writer says the number of field umpires will rise from three to four next season with the league having a long-term view of having Five to six field umpires per game. What the hell's going on here? Um, the first thing I say there and want to be accepted by everybody to, in case I say something that's not acceptable here, I think part of this is to get more women into umpiring men's footy and and certainly the AFL. Mm-hmm. So, Because the AFL are also talking about growing their, their total number of umpires list from 34 to 42. 
that's opening a pathways for more girls to get into umpiring. And if they do away, see the other thing here, and I don't think it's been mentioned, there'll be things that they, they will do away with here. They'll do away with the bounce so that girls don't have to bounce. And anyone who's a bit reluctant about having to bounce the ball, even some of the blokes yeah. that can't bounce the ball that well. And I reckon it's been a, a very evident this year there's a lot of them that can't. It's, it's been really very poor. poor in the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing. If they want four umpires, it's to get some girls out there as well. And if they're going to go to five and six, my con- I'm absolutely convinced there, Peter, it's to do away with boundary umpires mm-hmm. and have the last touch wow. only, like happens in the Sandful. And watch is, is all, it's it's one step short of it now. The amount of uh, insufficient intent to keep the ball in play. And those of us that, as you say, Peter, go back 20, 30, 45 50, even more than 50 years, unfortunately, in some ways, when we can remember when you could kick the ball deliberately out of bounds to, yeah. to n- now insufficient attempt. Some of them are just mistakes. They're a poor kick. It bounces the wrong way because of the type of ball that we play the game with. This is a move to get girls umpiring at the highest level and also eventually do away with field umpires so they can, uh, boundary umpires, so they can bring in the last touch. The game will be unrecognisable for those people that certainly have followed it for a few generations. Stuart joins us on the uh, uh, bed shed, or in fact, on the Scarborough Toyota open line. He's given us a call on 13 12 55. Stuart, thanks for your call. Uh, no worries, Pete. G'day, Pete and Haggins. Um, I reckon there'll be a few sides looking over their shoulders now. The Richmond's in apparently embanked themselves in the final series. So I of course. truly believe that. I think Miles Rioli Jr. is going to have an absolute blinder of a final series. He's fantastic to watch. And I just... It's, of those 17 games that we lost and we should have that, that we should have won, even if we had a half of those 17 of those losses, we would be heavily entrenched in that top four. And I think Dimmers actually fixed that and worked that one out and so has the players. And I truly believe that if we get over the first elimination final, we're going to do a lot of damage in that final system. Mm. And so those that, sorry, no, no. I, I think I, I think you're right. Yeah, and, I and think it was, you're right. I certainly sort of made that, you know, I've jotted down a few notes when we saw them last weekend. They, the, the way they play, it, it's it's back to how they were just so prominent from in 2017, 18, 19, 20. Even though they didn't win at 18. They were still, for mine, the best team in it. They made a bad mistake in Mason playing Dustin. Cox beat him in one game. And, and played Dustin Martin injured. Yeah. But so, I, I, Stuart, I, I'm with you. I reckon they're just, it just looked so much like the old uh, Richmond when when we feared them. But they've added to that a little bit. I, I think Tom Lynch now is the target. And, and Stuart, I don't know if you agree, but the last three or four or five weeks, and, and for a lot of the season, but the last few weeks has the best sides have refined themselves towards the finals. The big important issue to me has been they're going to have to have the big power forward to finish their game. This is where I think Richmond have actually added because Rewalt wasn't the power forward like a Tom Lynch uh, in his prime uh, and they they used Ruckman down there, but also they're, they're crumbing forwards. I mean, Castagna can't get a game now because of the no. likes of Bolton and the other one is uh, uh, the new young, Bella, young fella, Cumberland. They, they, they've added, I reckon, Richmond. So, But if they did so they're going to finish seventh. I don't think they can even move, can they? Um, because Fremantle, Collingwood, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney are all contending for those last couple of spots in the top four. And then who finishes fifth or sixth? If you do finish sixth, 
even though it's here at the stadium and it's Richmond, you'd be pretty worried. Yeah, OK. We've got so much to get through, Hags. We're going to clear a break at a quarter past five. Dave of Greenmount's given us a call. Dave, just hang on, mate. We'll come to you straight after the break. And those people giving us uh, a text on the temperate bedshed text line will acknowledge yours as well. Keep them coming. 0487 736 736. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. So it's coming up 19 past five. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Let's go up the uh, mountain to Green Mount uh, here in Perth. And Dave joins us. Hello, David. Oh, good day, guys. Um, yeah, I just want to make a few points. Uh, first of all, I agree with Lisa from um, Ellenbrook. I think you're a good, uh, good combination, you two. You do a good job. Oh, thank Very you. Good to thank you. To. You must live in uh, Stewart Road next to where Bruce Yardley used to live, <laughs> I reckon, if you think that way. <laughs> the late Bruce Yardley. What yeah, a man he, he was. was. I'm sure it was Stuart Road in Greenmount. Keep going, Slater, Dave. actually. Hey? Near Keith Slater. Oh, good stuff. Give, give our regards yeah. to, to, to Big Spud. Yeah, I will. I will, mate. Yeah. Look, um, the Essendon um, fiasco, I mean, I could call it something worse. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, you know, poor Ben Rutten, they've got him hanging off the vine like that. I don't, have they sacked him or is he still there? Or uh, My understanding uh, is just on that, there's a little bit of um, information on how this week has unfolded, David, and I don't know if it's it's reached the, 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 the airwaves or not. It might have. But... Ben Rutten addressed the players on Tuesday morning when they all arrived for work for the mm. week after what had happened on the Monday and the doubts, and then it went on through the – he told the group he planned to coach them this week and this Saturday in the last game on Saturday night against Richmond, but apparently words to the effect in follow-up to that, I don't know what my future is after that. But I'm not discounting that things could even transpire before Saturday night's game. But the guy is being very strong in not moving to protect his contract. Ah. Well, you see, so he's, he can't breach his contract in any shape or form because he's contracted for next year. Yes. And yes. because it's ugly, David, I think, you know, someone like Ben Rutten and his management would be saying, don't do anything, anything where they can get rid of you. To jeopardise that contract. Yeah, so yeah, at least if yeah. you do go, which seems like you will go, you'll get yeah. the payout. But I think, Dave, remember back when David Teague got done last year, that that was as ugly as this. And, and it's administrators who handle some of these issues so poorly. Mm, mm. Yeah. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for that. But as Haggers has pointed out, he feels uh, almost 100% sure that Alistair Clarkson will be named as the next Essendon coach. Could be as early oh, as tomorrow, reckon, but certainly early next early week. Early next week. Yeah. And and the, given the deadlines and given um, some of the events around a lot of what I'm hearing about, and particularly players who are on the market waiting to make a decision on where they go, now saying... I want to go with Alistair Clarkson. So they've backed off North Melbourne. Mm. Cameron Zerha is on the market. And now instead of staying at North Melbourne because he thought Alistair Clarkson was coming there, could could seek to go to Essendon because Clarkson's going there. There's all those sorts of scenarios. Okay, let's go to Paul at Gozzi's. Hello, Paul. Yeah, g'day, boys. Hello, Paul. Hey, uh, just just keep it keep it quick for you today. Um, yep. Two things. The where, where, does, where would this then, then leave North Melbourne? Um, they've obviously got all their eggs in the Alistair Clarkson basket, and who, who's going to coach them? And then the other question was obviously if. Uh, Sorry, Paul, we just lost you. Oh, we got you, mate. Sorry, just repeat what you said in the last couple of seconds. Luke, Lob, and 
Low Glob and Acres mm-hmm. on the way out of Fremantle. Who who comes in? Well, first up is it's Luke, Luke Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, and and part of why they why they're moving uh, such you know important players, I suppose. I mean, Log Log Lob and Acres will all attract pretty good draft pick trades, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And Fremantle have to, Paul, as I've worked it out as best I can, uh, as if you're, you're playing list manager. They have to get draft picks to try to settle a deal with Melbourne for Luke Jackson because Fremantle's first pick in the draft, as it sits now, is pick number 13. So their first pick is a pick in early teens, depending on how it sits, and then nothing until 74 because mm. they've they've given away picks number in the second round and their pick in the third round. Gold Coast has got their second round pick. Hawthorne's got their, their third round pick for this coming draft through trading of the last couple of seasons, so and particularly last season, to bring in what they have brought in, the likes of Akers and uh, Brody uh, last season. They've got pick number 13, so they have to trade to get draft picks to, to go to Melbourne to say, this is what we can give you for mm. Luke Jackson. As I understand it, is that how you see it, Paul? Yeah, well, I would think that that Lobb is probably a, a very, very late, or late first round or high second round pick, and the other two boys are probably... Probably second round picks. If you're going to offer them a significant contract, they've obviously got some value. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then you know, probably probably two first rounders and a second round is probably what it's going to be needed to be coughed up to get Jackson over the line. One other thing about the Jackson over the line one would be, see, because Melbourne's first pick as this draft is coming, 34, 40, 52. So, you know, they're a team, even though they're contending and they're going to be a mm. power in, in the next year or two, you'd think with the play personnel they've got, but they won't want to give up Luke Jackson, who they used pick three on just three seasons ago. Uh, they won't want to give him up for for, for much, for, for, for a little bit. Um, they'll have to give up something Fremantle, really good. So Fremantle w- would more likely say to to Melbourne, well, we'll give you next year's first round pick. Now, of course, that's still not going to be an early pick if Fremantle are still contending, as you would suspect. It's Again, it's a pick probably in the teens somewhere, isn't it? So the first round pick, 13 this year and some draft picks this year that, as Paul has just agreed with us, the lights of Logue and Lobb and Akers, even Bailey Banfield's another one who I have been told has good interest from North Melbourne. As you would, as you would. He's he's, a good player. He's a good player. But they're all versatile players, aren't they? When Logue, if Logue and Banfield go, they're they're two very versatile footballers. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Lise. How are you? (laughs) Oh, I was waiting to talk to Jimmy. He normally comes on first. What's happened to Jimmy? Is he hiding? Uh, he's pushing um, everyone through very quickly. We're a bit busy tonight, Lisa. It's a bit happening. I know. That's, that's, that's because everybody's been listening to Lisa talking to... I was just going to um, say, I, and, I, reckon um, the, I reckon the audience is waiting for Lisa to come on. Not for what Peter Vlaos and Kim Hagdorn might be able to talk about, Lisa. So you better fire away. You've got an hey, audience waiting. Hey, Lisa, when Hags and I are at 6PR, guess who used to come on every shift? Donny of Spearwood. Donny, remember oh, Donny no. of Spearwood? No, 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 we don't want Donny to move over, <laughs> please. Anyway, go with him on, I have enough of him on 6PR, thank you. Oh, no, you. no you've it's given a... up on 6PR. Come on, don't drop those names um, he's, al- he's, always, he's always telling me to back up the truck and look in the rear vision mirror. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but anyway. Um, yeah, just um, I, I wanted to have a, just a quick word on, on Brad Hill for a start. Um, I'm not surprised that he wants to leave um, St Kilda. I, don't, I feel he's never been happy at that um, club. And I, and I don't think they've been playing him in the right position 
Um, he's he's better suited out on, on the wing, where where he gets the ball delivered, and and yeah, no, because he loves to loves to run, and he, and he's a beautiful kick of the ball. He's a good deliverer. So, and I I think that's that's probably one of the um, reasons why. He, he could be looking elsewhere because yeah. he's not happy where they're oh, positioning him. Lisa, so, that, so that's his fourth. So he's on $850,000 a year with his, two more years to go. And he's got a four, he's going to a fourth AFL club. Please. And, and and we weren't hearing any complaints about Brad Hill playing on a halfback flank, being used him and Sinclair. When, they, when St Kilda was going red hot up to round 11 and won two, four, five, one, one eight of their first 11, were inside the top four and were being heralded as, oh, the... the, the the coach of the year, the team of the year, they, they could go all the way. Brad Hill was quite happy to accept the accolade when he was getting the ball kicked to him on a halfback flank. You you get the uncontested possession. You get the beautiful kickoff. I mean, someone's got to draw the line perhaps yeah. on a Brad Hill. And also, they protected him when there was that incident at the Morty Alec Hotel Correct. as well. That they protected broke. him. Yeah, they yep. protected him. There was definitely some kind of altercation there. Uh, Paddy Ryder tried to settle it down. Uh, Brad Hill was, you know... Uh, you, Settle down. He's on eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred thousand dollars a year. No club's going to pick that up anyway, Lisa. All right, Lisa. Now, thanks, Lisa. We need to move on, but we always love your calls, Lisa. Okay, so you got a real big slap there from Haggers regarding Brad Hill. No, no, no. Now, I'm, can... I'm just. I'm helping her. I'm helping settle any Brad Hill okay. issue. This it's is time what... that he settled down and go because he he wasn't happy at Fremantle for his last couple of seasons either because he wasn't being well looked after. Oh, this is what Brett Ratton said about Hill. Oh, I haven't heard anything and we're coming into that space where Brad might be the first name of maybe 20 or 30 players that um, gets into this space where you know people say they want to go or not. Where does it come from? Nobody knows. So I haven't had a conversation with Brad around that um, article, um, but I'm expecting a few more players from different clubs and, yeah, it's that time of year, I think. It's that time of year. Well, your year's coming to an well, end as of this weekend that, for St Kilda. And nothing starts from nothing. Yeah. I mean, the, the media, the, the footy reporters don't go with something that doesn't have some foundation. Okay. So some, a manager or something has given someone a story about Brad Hill, maybe thinking it so that then the manager can use that as a bit of a found, foundation to search... The industry. No, I think it'd be more damning on Hill, the fact that if oh, he does want to move on, it'll be the fourth AFL club. Please. Uh, Roy of Templestone, who just listened, uh, says, you're a legend, Lisa. So, Lisa, <laughs> if you listen, uh, Roy is a big fan of yours. We'll take a break, come back with plenty of uh, texts on the Temper Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. We'll give, continue calling us. We love your calls on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 12 55. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. All right. Let's get to the temperate bedshed text line here on Drive with Peter Vlaus and Kim Hagelin. AFL uh, Team Selections Night. Uh, this is from Josh from Perth. Good on you, Josh. Afternoon, boys. I think you will find Darcy will play forward a lot uh, in the game. He's capable of a 3-4 goal game. And Meek is a good ruckman. And the Giants don't really have a standout ruck. Cheers, oh, Josh uh, from Perth. That's a real good call, Josh, because uh, it's it's one area where I thought Fremantle would be. I, I'm a little bit concerned with Fremantle in a couple of areas, uh, with with their forward line so makeshift. Uh, Sam Taylor, Nick Haynes, Harry Himmelberg. If they play him back to try and be, you know, a running, creating mm. defender, or do they play him forward because they need him forward? Because one an area of strength in, for Fremantle is definitely their back group. You know, so it's Pierce, Ryan Cox, Clark, Young, 
they're, they're very strong back there, and that's where I think Fremantle uh, coach Justin Longmuir is just – well, he just won't. I think he won't just resist. He just won't change that. He wouldn't send a Cox forward, for instance, to try and find something different. But an area where Fremantle can really get hold of, um, uh, I reckon, Western Sydney on Saturday is Kieran Briggs. I mean, he's their lead ruckman, uh, and – He's 22. He's played eight games. Yeah. And then the other backup ruckman last weekend was Lockie Keefe, who just looked like he had no idea of how to – I mean, he's not even a good defender, in my opinion. He struggles. I mean, he's he's, he's 30 and he's played 90-odd games. He's been around 100 years and he's playing ruck. And he just looked – not timid, but he just looked as though he was protecting himself all the time. Totally – unskilled in ruck work. So Sean Darcy could absolutely dominate on Saturday and get three more votes for best on ground as Fremantle drive forward. But they will need him at some stage, I think, to help out, especially if Fife needs to be looked after a bit. Fife plays full forward. He can't play full forward the whole day. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to have to balance that, juggle that. And Logue also staying forward. But Meek, oh, I mean, the poor, the poor guy's playing for a contract as well. I mean, he's got to be someone that's got to be looking around. And West Coast would be derelict in their duty if they don't even explore getting Lloyd Meek over. Uh, Nick Natanui, and, and here's another bit of revelation for us as well. Nick Natanui is aware. Now, he's not playing this weekend. We know he's come out. His knee's crook. I don't think he needs any surgery on the knee, but he is fully aware within a couple of weeks he has to start an entire training program, which means a lot of diet to lose up to 15 kilos. 15 kilos? Well, he needs to, Peter. He needs to lose at least 10 or 12 and aim for something like 15, plus a full summer of training, to, to be able to get through part of next season. He needs to be managed. He couldn't play next season, the whole season. Bailey Williams, they dropped him because they thought he was poor the week before the Derby last weekend. So Nick Natanui needs some backup. West Coast needs some backup ruck. Lloyd Meek plays on Saturday probably for his future. Uh, and also, if he is that borderline selection for the finals. But Meek playing a lot more in the ruck allows Darcy to go forward. That's a very good call, I reckon. That's what I'm expecting because I don't think Nathan Fife can play the whole game as a leading, marking, goal-kicking full forward. All right, Hags, let's uh, whip through these. Uh, hi, Haggers and Pete. Can you give me your opinion of trade value for Luke Jackson, Blake Akers, Rory Lobb and Griffin Logue? That's Simon well, we, and Tremont. I, now, we sort of have I touched think, on it a bit. Well, I hope Simon heard that because yeah. I think we did. And, and we think that they're going to get, you know, like late first... Not even late. So good second and third round picks that Fremantle have to package up yeah. to get as close to the front because they've only got pick number 13 as their first pick. They'll need more to give to Melbourne as well as next year's first round pick to get Luke Jackson over the line. Good on you, mate. Thanks for the text zone. Mike, uh, again, thanks from Palmyra. Hi, Pete and Haggers. Can Frio win a premiership from in the top four? And if so, who will kick the goals for Frio? And that is the big $64,000 question is who will kick the goals for Frio, particularly well, during the finals campaign. Let's join the selection panel. As, as a, uh, an exercise here, Peter, we're part of Fremantle's selection group. So it's match committee. Yep. And they've decided to leave Rory Lobb home this weekend to freshen up his shoulder. Now, Tabena, Tabena hasn't played now for he, – he, he got injured in round 21. Played most of that game, but I didn't think he was that good that day. But – so it was against the Bulldogs. So he'll have had round 22, 23, and a week bye. off, the bye. So he'll have had a month to get over his, his calf come Achilles. If Fremantle finish top four, well, of course they can win the premiership. But it's going to be a tough run because I don't think they can finish. They're not going to get a home final first week of finishing the top four. They'd need some results this weekend to go their way to finish 
say, say third or fourth. Finish in the top four, of course you can win a premiership from Western Australia, but the first week would be tough because they'd be on the road to go to, to, to Melbourne mm. or to Brisbane if Brisbane. But I think it's Sydney second. I think Geelong, Geelong first. Top, yeah, so yeah. they could win it. Finish outside the top four, and, and that's what I say. That text there says finish in the top four. Yes, they can win it if they finish in the top four, and all those boys are back healthy, and that's part of what I think the match committee's done in sort of deciding for this weekend to not rest, not make lob play with painkillers, play Fife as a full forward probably, and get those goal-scoring big men back for the finals. All right, uh, we go down to the Great Southern. Hello, Nev of Albany. Uh, when players like Lob and Hill keep changing clubs, one starts to wonder what is their motivation. Is it to win the flag or just money slash lifestyle? I truly question Rory Lobb's ability to tough it out. Seriously, Frio can win a flag in the next two years and players want to leave. It's almost like the premiership isn't valuable to them. That's from Nev down there in Albany. I, I suppose it's all about I, the coin, I, I, isn't Nev, it? Nev, if you're still listening, just send us a quick message through to your age demographic. Just a rough, uh, you know, somewhere in the a bracket. Because I think a lot of those modern day values about playing for premierships, playing for loyalty, oh, take a pay cut and stay with your club. It's becoming a, a sport that is a profession. It's becoming very Americanized, in my opinion. It's a... It's a it's a poor man's version of American sport, particularly, say, the NFL and, mm. and the basketball. I, I think it's a heck of a lot more about the money with most players. Most footballers in the AFL are more interested. That's why nev they'll never take a pay cut. They'd rather go somewhere else and take a pay cut to play with a team contending, for instance. Yeah. For, 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 and, I, and I use the expression, that's why I asked earlier on today, contending means, well, we're in, we're in the mix to win the, pre win the title next year. Yeah. So there's not many. If you're involved in one, it, it's old-fashioned thinking. It's from our bring, bring upbringing, Peter, where it was as much about loyalty. I want to play for premierships as opposed to play for a big earn. And you've got a manager, of course, who's trying to get the best uh, coin possible because he's on well, a commission players, as well. Oh, yes and no. Well, most, he's on a commission. He'd get a good little earn. 4% of a contract. Not bad when you're getting a million dollars. Yeah, so what's that? Forty grand a year? Yeah, is that exactly. Right? Thank you very much. From one player. From one player, and if you've got eighty of them, it's Correct. a heck of a lot of money. But you don't have too many on a million a year. You have a lot of them on about two hundred and fifty, three hundred. What did Colin Young get from Jerry McGovern's last contract? Well, one point two five million. Thank you very much. That's why Colin four, drives a nice car. Four percent, four percent per year for five years. One point two five. Yeah. Work out four percent. And of he that. did However, say. And Jeremy did say when I asked him the question yeah. last Friday before the Derby, what was the reason he didn't go to Fremantle? The financial decision. There and, you go. And as I said to Jeremy McGovern when at a previous place of employment, Peter, uh, <laughs> on November such and such, you had prawns and coronas and a meeting with Steve Rossich, Ross Lyon and, and uh, Chris Bond. And there was a total silence. He said, no, that's not right. Mm. Uh, but. Yeah. All right. Um, now, Paul. Just one thing I will also say about the managers. Players will ask managers to get me a better deal. And then that's the manager's job. But, but the managerial stakes is pretty competitive at the moment. There's some players that have jumped from one manager to the other. Not many. Not many? No. Okay. Not many. Uh, now, Paul says, in the SANFL, S-A-S-E-S-S-A-Y, uh, they still have boundary umpires. It is the last disposal rule, not last touch. So if the ball is out of play from a contest, 
it is still thrown in. We, we discussed this earlier about the extension maybe of field umpires next year from three to four. Well, I, I think you'd need that. Even if you had even if you had six field umpires, you'd still need a boundary umpire to throw the damn ball in because one thing about Aussie rules compared to pretty much every other sport, Peter, and, and there are, all the other sports are played on uh, rectangular grounds. Mm-hmm. So soccer, much bigger. Soccer, uh, basketball, smaller, netball. You have a last touch. You can go to vision. You can go to a technical assistance to say, well, who touched it last? If Aussie rules, it's going to be almost impossible to sort that out on such a big venue to sort out last touch. It has to be some kind of last possession or last disposal. But there's going to be numerous times when it's last touch you're going to have to have someone to throw the ball in. All right, let's go. Pete and Haggers, if you want to improve umpiring, then you need to embrace technology. This is from Alex at West Lakes, uh, at North Lakes, I should say. They should have an umpire watching the big screen. This is sort of going back to what you were saying, Hags, and being wired to talk to the on-field umpires and empowered to call freeze. Blatant misses would be picked up and a massive TV audio would be placated. That's uh, Cheers Big Al from North Lake. So he's talking about the technology. Uh, let's go. Norman Cal says, don't mess with Mr. Hagdorn. Pete, he is very clever, phys ed teacher. If Nick Nat needs to lose weight, Mr. Hagdorn, would the man get him up and running? Is he an Eagle fan you know? I don't know what you're talking about, Norm. Um, well, one thing we... I mean... Uh, one thing I will continue to say, and this is something for, for next week as well, when there's we're heading into a bye weekend in the AFL, there'll be a massive amount of issues around such as the uh, contracts for West Coast Eagles players. Uh, it looks like all the old blokes are getting contracts. It looks like So if Nick Natanui is talking about within a fortnight, he will start a regimented fitness program to lose weight, to get uh-huh. fitter and stronger, strengthen his legs, strengthen his knee, be able to cope with a, a season – perhaps even two more seasons, yeah. if he's going to do that, that's a huge story okay. growing. What Norm's implying, because he knows your hags from the Armadale High School days, that you're a phys ed teacher, you could certainly work uh, Nick Natanui Nick back into fitness, yeah. okay? Anyone, uh, whoever whoever gets this task of Nick Natanui, and there's not just Nick Natanui, it's Elliot Yo, it's it's all the old blokes, it's McGo- Gary McGovern needs to lose weight, Willie Rioli needs to lose weight. Now, my understanding just on that too is that Willie Rioli has been offered a two-year contract and will take it by the way, Luke Shuey has signed a one-year deal for next year. Yeah, so the so and so too will uh, Jack Redden. Mm-hmm. Let, let's find let's find all the old blokes. Everyone who's at, over three hundred and fifty-five at West Coast <laughs> are all getting a new deal. So it means that Adam Simpson is showing a lot of faith in them. So whoever's going to get Nick Natanui fit, he he will need to want to follow a program himself. Nick Natanui. So too will all the other, all these other old blokes. Yeah. They will all have to follow a very regimented program. Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, we could keep naming them because some of their biggest names, most important players, are overweight and have been unfit for the entire 2022 season. Adam Simpson can't escape that. I think he's, I think he's skirting around it by being Mr. Nice Guy. With all the interviews he's doing, he sounds nice. He's very secure, but he's going to have to get really brutal to make these blokes fit. We need to take our final break, and then we'll come back. Uh, Robbo from Brisbane's on the text line and others. Uh, the Tembra Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. Just quickly, uh, for Tyre Power Sports News headlines, Nick Kyrgios has been dumped out of the Cincinnati Masters. He lost 6362 to American uh, Taylor Fritz. LeBron James has agreed to terms on a new two-year NBA contract extension. Jimmy's up and about with the LA Lakers, worth about 100 
$140 million Australian. And the NRL Grand Final tug of war is over. Sydney's Acor Stadium or the Olympic Stadium will host the showpiece event on October 2. Buy three, get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. All right, Haggers, uh, before we look at the teams, uh, good old Robbo in Brisbane says, G'day, boys, great show. Fremantle selection of five uh, reeks of desperation. This is a big throw at the stumps for five, as I'm led to believe he's not 100% in either of his hamstrings. I think you sort of mentioned that. Well, we, we know he, 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 early in that match that, that when he broke down with the hamstring, he, he reached at his right hamstring high, so he had a right hamstring strain and a, and a tear in the left hamstring. So he has recovered from both of those. Trained well enough yesterday to be in the travelling party. And I think because of their, yeah, you know, maybe he might not have played this week, Peter. I hope it's not just taking too big a risk. That I think they want to see what it, how much Nathan Fife can do before the finals. Uh, but certainly with, with Lob out and Tabner out, Logue a little bit doubtful with his groin. So uh, they'd have to be very careful. I don't think they'd want to lose Griffin Logue by overloading him in this particular game. I, I think that's part of the way they've gone to with Nathan Five. Yeah. Okay, just quickly, Greeny from Frio says, is Colin Young maybe not good for Fremantle? He's the manager. Uh, Colin Young, of course, at one stage worked at well, the Dockers. Also interesting how can Colin represent his client's interests when he covers so many clients, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Well, yes, but in a lot of instances, they actually help, like Fremantle getting a lot of players in. I mean, Colin Young is also Justin Longmuir's manager at Fremantle as the man, as the coach. Yeah. Now that's negotiable whether he takes four percent of that contract <laughs> because it's it's the players association that says four percent maximum of the players contract. But so but Colin Young or any manager with working and having such a huge stable can be very helpful to an organization if they want to. And in a lot of ways, <laughs> Colin Young and Andrew McDougall are helping Fremantle what they have to do. You'd have to give up something reasonable. Clubs aren't gonna take you know, some of your back-end boys, Joel Hamling, for instance, who's still contracted for next year. Mm. You know, one or two of the other players that, that might be on the lookout. Liam Henry, for instance, he's another player on the market, as I understand it. Uh, Will Brody still hasn't got a contract. All these boys, if you want to get good trades for them, you're going to have to give up something pretty special to get in Luke Jackson. So Colin Young, conversely, might actually be helping Fremantle uh, achieve what their target is, Luke Jackson. Just quickly, uh, let's look at the Eagles. Of course, they played Geelong, uh, and in is Kelly, Rioli, Williams, and Cully. Out is Hoff with the illness. As we said, Waterman, Nat, Nui, and Gaff are all injured, and Clark, being the medical sub, is also out. So uh, we seem just to see how the Eagles go. Certainly completely undermanned. They take on the Cats, who, by the way, out Cameron and Stanley, as we know, both injured, and Atkins is being managed, and they've brought in Smith and Radagalia, uh, the Cats, who will win. It's just a matter of what the margin will be against West Coast on West Saturday. Coast have lost their last eight down at Geelong since 2007. West Coast have won once since 2000 at Geelong, Peter. That's one in 14. West Coast have only ever won eight times in 26 trips to Geelong, and five of those wins were between 1988 and 1994. Yeah. The numbers stack up against West Coast beating Geelong, even being competitive. The other thing, can I throw in a fellow by the name of Patrick Dangerfield? Yes, 300th game. And apparently, just to help West Coast cause, it's they're going to celebrate their 700th game at Cadinia <laughs> Park. I mean, West Coast, uh, just it's so 
such a, 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 an insurmountable task. But there's a lot of boys playing for contracts. I don't agree with what Adam Simpson said. They are. Oh, they're not playing for their contracts this week. Some could save their careers if they did have tidy games. Can you give us your tips in about 15, 20 seconds, Hags? Melbourne, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Geelong to beat West Coast, Richmond to beat Essendon, Port to win the, the showdown, Bulldogs to beat Hawthorne and uh, perhaps get in the eight. Collingwood will beat uh, Carlton, I reckon, and Sydney over St Kilda. Big show, Hags. A lot going on, wasn't there? Alistair Clarkson for Essendon. Yeah, and uh, Blake Akers on the move, probably going to Carlton. Because uh, he wanted to go to North with Alistair Clarkson and now he's found out he's not going to North and we're all suspecting that Clarkson's going to Essendon. Another big week, Hags. Big Pete. week. Catch you again on Monday. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. I'll be back again tomorrow at 8. Early morning for the Tab Touch Lounge. I'll catch you then here on SENWA.